0: to window of opportunity a stargate rewatch
1: podcast I'm Carrie I'm Rachel and today we're talking about Stargate SG1 season 4 episode 1 small victories into a new season season 4 yay how exciting is that it's so exciting <laughs> and how many we seasons get a new season uh 6 of this well 7 including this season and then 5 of Atlantis
0: We are on our way
1: Woohoo! I mean it's only it's just it's been just Over a year and we're already to season Four so it's been like a year And a half we've covered three seasons So yeah It's exciting
0: I'm excited I'm excited to
1: proceed yes well Before we can proceed we do have A few things to wrap up from our season Three Mm -hmm. review Which is the polls that went out to The Twitter land to see (laughs) If people agreed with us or not Um. And our opinions on things
0: those are the things that we ended up being the same on. Yes. So we're gonna have to figure out a way to not do that. <laughs> I know. <laughs>
1: um, okay. So for like the best episodes per character, uh, we had both said that the best Hammond episode was Shades of Gray. Everybody agreed with us. With yes, it is. How many uh, everybody's? Many everybody's? Two everybody's? Three? <laughs> yes. Way Come on, people. people! If you follow us on Twitter, go vote and like our end of season. It's a little late to vote this time, but please, when we get to the end of the season wrap up, go vote in our polls because that would be great. I That'd would be excited nice, with three you. though. That's you know, I know. That's an yeah. official vote. Yep. Uh, so the best Jack, Jack episode being 100 days. Yes, 100% said yes. Uh, the best Tilk episode being New Ground. 66% said yes. Oh. We got uh, one vote for no from Kevin because he mentioned pretense, which I kind of forgot because Tilk basically saves all of Tolana, you know, in pretense. Um, and I, when, he met, yeah. when he said that, I was like, oh, yeah, that would have been a good one. Mm. But for some reason, when I see, like, pretense in a little blurb, I don't automatically think of, like, what Tilk did in it. It's like, I kind of have to get into it and be like, oh, yeah, that's right, Tilk did this really awesome thing. Yeah. So. Cool. But anyway,
0: I get it. I but, major-
1: but majority still yes on that. Uh-huh.
0: Um,
1: the best Sam episodes as the John Lars memories slash double, you know, double feature. Yes. 100% on that. Uh, best Daniel episode being forever and a day was also 100%. Yes. Oh, cool. Uh, the best foreign territory title. You win with the German of 100 days being O'Neill and Lara. <laughs> Woohoo. Uh, You also win the best otherworldly being, being Ergo. Yes. But I win best villain being Mayborn.
0: Oh, okay. I can be okay with that. Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: So that is the end of our season three stuff. So we shall no more talk about season three unless something in season four happens to reference something in season three. But (laughs) (laughs) we should be now officially done with season three of Stargate
0: SG1. Oh awesome, because I don't really remember it anyway. We're gonna have to rewatch it again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well so speaking of did you remember like this episode then before we get into it, as we always begin now, Rachel, what did you remember about this episode? <laughs> so
0: Of course I did not. And after I watched it, I was like, how in the world, this is such like an incredible pivotal episode that gives you so much information going forward. Like most of the questions that I was asking about the former episode were answered in this one that I was like, how in the world? Did I not remember any of this? I don't, I question whether or not I really did watch these or if I just kind of slept through them? And I was like, oh yeah, it's fine. I but I had to have watched them. I don't.
1: Yeah. I mean, you had my DVDs for long enough. I'm assuming you actually watched them. but
0: I did. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I. I still blame the binge watching.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that does happen like, you know, New Steve McCobra Kai, I binge it all in one day, and then I finish it, and I'm like, wait, what happened at the beginning? Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, it's because may, maybe because I've been up for 24 hours at that point since it drops at midnight, and then I say it's yeah. for 6 a.m. watching it. That might have something to do with it, but anyway, maybe, um, maybe a little bit.
0: Well, um, that could have been what I was doing, that I was so excited. I was just watching all of the DVDs, like, in one yeah. day, <laughs> and then I totally forget what happened. Yeah,
1: you know, yeah. But that's why we're here, to talk about it and remember it and go through it and discuss all the little fine points and fun bits.
0: Yeah. But how about it? Pretty much all of the questions that I asked for last episode were answered in this one. Who would have thunk? Who would have thunk? Oh, man. man. Way to go, Stargate. Yay, writers. (laughs) Way to take So do you think they wrote them? together or do you think that they just did the last episode and then they were like okay how do we actually establish this as a thing let's think about it
1: well it does have the same writer and director so uh the season finale was written by robert c cooper and directed by martin wood and they came back to write and direct for this one so i don't know if they were necessarily written together but the fact that it's like the same writer leads me to believe he at least knew what like, the second half of this was going to be. hmm So, yeah. Yeah. Which I think helps, especially when it's... You could really watch these two back-to-back just as, like, an hour-and-a-half-long, like, movie episode thing. Right, um, right.
0: Like you did when you were a kid with, with cartoons, how when they would come out with the movie version of something, it would yeah. just be, like, the first two or three episodes of yeah. the show you had seen already, and you're like, oh. Yep
1: mm mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> all right we're sure you get into it yeah okay so this aired on june 30th 2000 which is a little over three months after the season three finale mm-hmm. um again written by robert c cooper directed by martin wood and in this episode o'neill and tilk risk their lives to keep the replicator bugs from gaining a foothold on earth while sam helps the asgard fend off a replicator invasion
0: Man, so this is the first one that must have aired right after I graduated
1: high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm wasn't like, an I it. was in college. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but, well, every yeah. every time you mention when it aired, I try to place like, where was I at that time? <laughs> what was I doing? Was I having fun? Was it a good day? I don't. Maybe, but yeah, I I graduated on my 18th birthday in the year 2000.
1: Uh, oh. It- yeah, it would have been because it's, mm-hmm. yeah, always early June. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it, it was actually on my birthday.
1: I think so. I graduated on my mother's birthday once. Oh, fun. That was fun. Yeah. Because she's again early June birthday. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. There was one time where it was my mother's 40th birthday, and I think it was my brother's graduation. So we had put up, um, on our garage, like a banner that said, congratulations, congratu-, you know, when it was like mylar banners thing, mm-hmm. but we had one that said congratulations and one that said, look who's 40. So it was like, congratulations, look who's 40. Congratulations. Look who's 40 announcing to the neighborhood <laughs> kind of thing. So, yeah, oh, that was kind of funny, but anyway. yeah. Um, okay. So this episode, we start with uh, a recap from what happened in the season three finale. Which, um, so the DVDs now have commentary on them. So we'll be getting some fun facts like from the commentary and stuff. If you've never watched the commentary for these episodes, definitely do. Because there's some really cool stuff in there. Um, But one of the things they mentioned was like basically as many of the CG effects from the season three finale. Like they put as many as they could in this recap to just sort of like make it worth the money they spent on it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so like, they shoved all of them in this, like, recap thing. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I get it, you know, CG's expensive. Um, So we get the recap of what happened at the end of season three, and then we cut to this, like, really cool, like, ocean flyover before we zoom under the water and board a Russian sub. And then there's an alarm that sounds, and this, like, little plastic A tube thing that like kind of suddenly fills with like green liquid of some sort and two soldiers come rushing in and start speaking in Russian and there's maybe a little goof here I've seen referenced a few places online where apparently one of the actors who these are actually two Russian like actors like these actors are Russian people not just random people they gave Russian dialogue to. But um, there were a few places online that reference one of them is actually speaking Ukrainian and not Russian, which I don't know enough about those languages to verify if that's true or not, but I'm not sure it is because, like, nothing in the commentary said anything about that. Um, One of them is speaking Ukrainian and the other one is speaking Russian? Yeah, which then the Uh also references, like, those languages are really not similar enough to really be able to, like, have a conversation that way. So... No. I, I I don't know about the validity of um, that. When I was that.
0: when I was watching the episode on Netflix, they also were not subtitled.
1: Yes, I do have so. a fun fact about that. In a, like when we wrap up the scene, I'll get into okay. a little fun fact about that. So. <laughs> I thought it'd be funny if they were just
0: like talking about something completely <laughs> off the wall, but making it look like they were all concerned about the sub. <laughs> A little bit, maybe?
1: A little bit. Okay. All right. We'll wait for it. Okay. Um, So the reason the alarm is sounding is that one of the torpedo tubes is flooded with water. And I looked into it a little bit, and apparently that only happens when you're, like, preparing to actually fire a torpedo. And obviously, they're not preparing to fire a torpedo. So that is a problem if, like, a tube just suddenly fills with water. Um, so they do whatever they need to do, and they get it fixed, and then they hear this kind of weird metallic tapping noise, which uh, we know what that is, and that's not it. a good noise. Mm. Um, so they get the tube open, and like a little bit of water spills out, and they look into it, and hey, oh my god, it's that replicator from the season three finale that didn't die in the crash. No, it really um, was
0: just the one.
1: So yeah, so it was just that one, yes. And it like it launches itself out of the tube, like onto the face of one of those soldiers and sprays some kind of acid liquid on him. And he screams and we kind of pull back out of that room and we see a third guy go running in to try and help them as we cut to the opening credits.
0: Thus answering my
1: question of
0: how do they kill people?
1: Yes. Acid mm-hmm. apparently.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so there's a couple of fun facts in the scene. One is this is actually a real Russian submarine. Um, it is, uh, a Russian Foxtrot class number B39. It was decommissioned back in 1994 and had actually been stored in Vancouver from 1996 to, to 2002. And so they were able to just sort of go and be like, Hey, can we like film in here? And they said, yes. <laughs> so uh-huh. some right. of this is, some of this is actually filmed on a real Russian submarine, which is cool. Um, and then, so this sub is actually now at the Maritime Museum of San Diego as of 2005. Oh. Um, okay, They didn't so, blow it up? No, they did not blow it up. Oh, because, like, it's an exhibit they in- lied to us. Yeah. Um, okay, so the whole Russian speaking Russian, but not being subtitled. So I don't know all of what they're saying, but sort of near the end of the conversation, like as they're going to like, like right after they hear the tapping noise and the dude opens the tube and like just before he opens it, apparently a little snippet of conversation is the dude going, what's that noise? And the guy who opens that door going, maybe it's the bug from the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> so they purposely didn't subtitle it just so they could put that joke in for people who do speak Russian. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, and if you listen, like the guy just before he opens it does say like episode, like in a Russian accent, because apparently that's, it's the same word in Russian or something. Oh.
0: So, yeah. I'm going to have to watch it again. I'm going to have to watch this episode yeah. again.
1: Okay. Yeah. So that's I don't funny. know. Yeah, I don't know the rest of what their conversation is, but at least the end of the conversation is that. So (laughs) which I'm like, yeah, that's funny. That's a good joke. Yeah, I like it. (laughs) So we come back from the opening credits in the infirmary at the SGC. And Janet is doing sort of a final checkup on Daniel's scar and his surgery from his appendicitis attack. And things are looking good for Daniel. Like he's healing just fine. There's no residual pain or anything. And that his real scar? Yep. mm mm-hmm. yep. right. that, that's Michael Shanks' actual appendix scar. So All right, we finally get to see it. Yep. Um and we also learned that it's taken a bit longer to get the secondary gate up and running than they thought it would. And Daniel makes a joke of, you know, well, how was Sam not here to save herself? Ha ha ha. Which mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> a little bit funny. Mm-hmm. A little funny. I get it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Daniel's recovering nicely, and Janet starts to say how she he want, she wants him to, like, keep taking it easy for another, and she gets inter- interrupted by an incoming off-world activation. And Daniel takes off running as Janet basically yells after him, one more week, um, as he takes off down the hall to see who it is that's coming from off-world.
0: Who could it be?
1: Yes. Um, quick fun fact here. Uh, this is the second appearance of Martin Wood in his cameo as he's the airman who's walking down the hall with Siler that Daniel sort of crashes into those two guys. And mm. it's like, Oh my God, it's coming through. So that's mm. Martin Wood and Dan Shea as Siler there. Yeah. Ah, cameos. Love them. Yep. Uh, we then get Hammond running into the control room and it is SG one's IDC. Yay.
0: Yay.
1: Yes. Also another little fun fact here. Uh, so the gate tech, Gary Jones, was Walter Harriman? This is where his name tag changes to say Davis. Oh, okay. He is now Walter Davis. That's funny. <laughs> Which Gary Jones' explanation is he got married and took his wife's name. Oh, nice. So that's that's the little sort of behind the scenes, if you want it for you. <laughs> that works. Took his wife's name because why not? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, So, Daniel comes running into the gate room as the gate opens, and his friends come back through the gate, and they've been off-world on P3X234, which Tilk calls P4X234, so... Don't know exactly. Mm. That might have just been Christopher Judge flubbing the line, who knows. Uh, But apparently they've been off-world for, like, over a week, and uh, during this time, Tilk grew the, the, the blonde chinworm, as it is affectionately called in fandom which that Christopher judge came back with that and was like, I'm keeping it. And they were like, okay. Uh, Is that why they make the joke of don't touch it? Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So it's only been a week, but it's been enough time for Tilk to grow that thing. And for Sam's hair to grow quite a bit longer. I know she's
0: got like the nineties glam going now, or like it would be the two thousands glam now, but yeah, Yeah. she,
1: Mm -hmm. she definitely
0: went with the haircut of the time. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm hmm uh also the asgard came and picked up thor like not long after they arrived on the planet and they're like they just left you there and we're like we were fine it's okay we're all good and this is a planet they
0: never mentioned that we never went to right so we don't know anything about nope. this one no you know nope.
1: luxurious yeah beach town we don't know yeah there's there's some sort of fandom comments that it's like the las vegas of the galaxy like what happens on p3x234 stays on p3x234
0: <laughs> that would totally make sense <laughs> Given some of the things that they like allude to.
1: Yeah. Um, so there's a brief congratulations from Hammond and SG1 are then dismissed to go shower because apparently they could they kind of need it. So
0: Vegas doesn't have any showers.
1: Apparently not. No.
0: no none. Nope. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, cut to some time later and Jack enters Sam's lab. Start getting a little deja vu here and uh, this time she's looking at some what we hope are dead replicator blocks and she's like you know there's no energy signals though it should be fine to like look at them and jack's still gonna go fishing sam's still gonna stay and do sciencey things so off jack goes i'm very surprised
0: that she actually does that given exactly what happened to the asgard
1: i know she's like it should be too it should be fine they're dead yeah 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 it's very surprising yeah i totally would have thought
0: they would have not done that whatsoever no uh
1: but then a phone call comes into sam's office and you know she answers whoever it is and then goes to run after jack and we get deja vu again and again from the commentary martin wood was on the commentary and he filmed this the exact same way he filmed the beginning of the season three finale right before jack gets beamed up so this is a very purposeful like this is exactly what happened previously we're doing the exact same thing again Mm -hmm. um So even Jack is like, hey, deja vu, what? No. Mm -hmm. Uh, So unfortunately, Jack can't leave quite yet because Major Davis is on his way back from the Pentagon. So up in the briefing room, the Navy intercepted the distress distress call from the Russian sub that we saw at the beginning of the episode. And uh, apparently in in the distress call, they said they were being attacked by a mechanical spider. At first, of course, the Navy thought it was just a joke because what the hell is a mechanical spider? But then they had found it surfaced, and when they went on board, they found that the entire crew was dead. Mm. Uh, they managed to get some photos, and we see that, and yeah, yep, that's that's a replicator. Yep.
0: Yeah.
1: Yep. That's and not good. No, and Sam's like, even if it's just that one, it's already, like, replicated itself, because that's what it does. Mm-hmm. Um, they've managed to tow the sub into harbor, and the Pentagon is denying all knowledge of it to the Russians. And so there's this whole sort of tense political thing happening, sort of in the background of this between the US and Russia about all of this kind of stuff. Because if you remember, the Russians detected the ballistener when it started to like crash through the atmosphere at the end of season three. But they've also then evacuated everybody from the harbor under the cover story of a hazardous chemical spill.
0: Mm-hmm. It's interesting that we still in matters of Earth safety in general, that they would still have to, you know, consider political negotiations with yeah. other countries.
1: Yeah. Mm hmm. We're yeah. still in, in. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So Jack is then just like, let's blow it up. Blow it up. Just, just get rid of it. Blow it up. Yep. Um but Davis says that apparently the Pentagon wants to try and like save some samples and they're like, no, nope, nope, don't do that. Nope. Mm-mm. And Davis is like, that's why I'm here. You're the closest thing we have to experts. And Jack's like, OK, as the expert, I'm saying blow it up. That's what you yes. blow it up. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, it's not really that easy right now because it's still not known if the usual weapons would even do anything considering the one that's on the ship is the one that survived Thor's ship blowing up. So, you know, there's still that whole thing going on. And also using like a nuclear weapon is kind of tricky because the Russians aren't really buying the cover story that the Pentagon gave them about the ballistener. And they think that the U S is responsible for what happened to the sub. So again, nuclear explosion out at sea would be very difficult to like cover up and explain. So, I'm trying to think of what they would even do. It's like it's a practice explosion. Yeah, uh, some sort of unexploded undersea mine from right. World War II. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be it'd be very difficult to cover up any kind yeah. of nuclear explosion in international I'm waters.
0: I'm coming up with nothing.
1: Yeah, I got nothing too. Mm-hmm. Um, so eventually they do come to the point that. Simple guns are probably their best shot if they haven't replicated and there's not like too many of them yet. Like, yes, they have probably replicated. But if the number isn't too great, you know, like a small tactical small tactical team (laughs) might be able to get in there with a couple guns and just shoot them apart and then it'll be fine. Uh, But then they're interrupted by another unscheduled off world activation. And there are no teams currently off world. So who Hmm. is this that's coming in? So, everybody rushes to the control room, and the gate is open along with the iris, and Hammond orders the iris to be closed, but uh, Harriman Davis, Walter, and uh, Walter, is like, I can't, and, like, the base is losing power somehow, and suddenly, like, everything goes dark, and it's Thor who comes through the gates. Yay! How can they tell? Tell what? That it's
0: Thor, and not another one of the Asgardians. Because the, Jack can tell. Jack knows. Right. But how? No. They need to give Thor, like, an eye patch or a scar or something. <laughs> you can always <laughs> tell <laughs> uh,
1: Yeah, I don't know. But apparently Jack can tell. So, yeah, yeah. this all is right. Thor.
0: Yeah. Okay. What we learn later is they're all Thor.
1: Mm. They're collectively well, all Thor. Well, they are all clones, we do learn. Yes. Yeah. So
0: they're, so they're all Thor.
1: Well, different consciousnesses, but like the physical bodies are all clones. But they're all Thor. <laughs> they just all call
0: themselves Thor. And then they tell they tell each other about what happened with their encounters with Earth. Basically, <laughs> <That> <laughs> a different Asgardian every time, <laughs> posing as Thor. <laughs>
1: okay. All right. <laughs> um. Um, another little fun fact here from the commentary. So after CG Thor comes to the gate, who CG, I'm sorry, the CG Asgard are just, they, they're not good. I don't No. It just doesn't no, quite work. Right. Um, but so once he transforms sort of into the puppet and we're sort of on the, like a close-up of Thor with like the gate puddle is still sort of active in the background. Uh, so season four is the first time they actually manage to get a good enough quality, sort of rear projection of the puddle effect so now very often when there's a puddle like behind somebody it's just a rear projection it's not actually like a cg effect anymore so saves them a whole bunch of money on a whole bunch of stuff nice yeah practical effect save money good times hey yeah so that's funny that they opted for less cgi I, well, you know, if they don't have to CGI that, they can use that money somewhere else. Right. So. On the yeah. Thors. Uh, on the Thors, yes. <laughs> um, so Jack's like, hey, this is great timing because you know, we've got some stuff going on here. Um, and unfortunately, Thor's like, uh, sorry, no. The reason that he came via the gate and not ship is because his homeworld is being completely overrun by the replicators. And there's no ship available to like bring him here. And he's actually here to ask for our help. Which is I like, do like this, and they're all like, what? what? I'm sorry, what? Um, so the power finally comes back online and Thor explains, you know, what it is that he wants. Uh he says, The Asgard have tried to stop them. You have demonstrated their we- their weakness may be found through a less sophisticated approach. We are no longer capable of such thinking. To which Jenna replies, wait a minute. You're actually saying you need someone dumber than you are. (laughs) Which I, yeah, uh uh-huh. Yep. That's, that's exactly what he's saying. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so Hammond's like, I'm very sorry, but we kind of need all hands on deck for the situation here on earth. And Sam's like, I can probably go. It'll be fine. I can go. And Jack just goes, I don't know, Carter, you may not be dumb enough. (laughs) Which is kind of funny to think like the smartest person, at the SGC is, like, the dumbest person the Asgard needs. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's the dumb one that they need. But yeah. I love how she's like, I think I can handle
1: it. I think I can handle
0: I it, think yeah. It's good. I liked how this time around it was Sam that went with them and had, you know, the experience with the Asgard instead of it always being Jack.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I do like that, too, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Hammond gives Sam permission to go, and Thor, like, waves his hand with, like, that glowy thing in his palm, and the gate just turns on, as the Asgard apparently capable to do, and so off they go. And she doesn't even grab, like, a
0: radio or any ear I, uh, or no, any... She just, like,
1: yeah. okay, it's, bye. It's like, can I have five minutes to, like, grab some stuff? No, she just goes. It's, like... yeah. No. Again, as we see later, she so you can have, like, waited five minutes to, like, grab some food. Yeah. Some water, maybe? I don't know.
0: Thank you. Yeah
1: change of I, clothes I maybe just in
0: case i'm surprised she
1: didn't have a go bag that she could have just like all right hey you random airman can you go grab my bag from my office thanks yeah yeah, something. yeah. anyway um, so we cut to, sometime later, uh, the rest of SG-1, various other SG personnel, and Major Davis are at the harbor with the infested submarine. And Jack is giving the other guys that are going to go down with him and Tilk, who are, this is Baker and Stevens, a sort of rundown down of the mission. And Tilk adds that the replicators won't attack unless they feel threatened.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, cool little filming thing here. So the sort of wide shot that sort of opens the scene and sort of follows Major Davis as he comes into the little Harbor hut thing and then pans down to Jack and Tilkin, Baker and Stevens, that wide shot is now the widest the camera will ever be for any of the earth-based action. Um, Because like all of the stuff is in the sub, which is very sort of claustrophobic and tight. Every single shot that's of the earth-based action is going to be very closely shot and filmed there will be no more wide shots or anything even when you're just on like daniel and major davis and silers they're watching the monitors it's still all in either like close-ups or two shots of very sort of tightly focused things and they save the wide shots for like sam and thor up out in space
0: oh i did notice that that whenever they were you know not even filming people in the subs they were like right up on their face
1: yeah so and and that was very purposeful to sort of keep it feeling feeling sort of very tight and like claustrophobic and like oh my god things are happening kind of a mm-hmm. thing.
0: So, oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, I like those choices. Well done. Me too.
1: Yes. Um. So they finally get all on board the sub and we have the video link working and you know Daniel's there to sort of stay in touch, relaying information that we may have from outside sources back to them on the mm-hmm. sub. Then um, up in space with Thor and Sam, they have arrived, and Sam spots this very awesome-looking spaceship that's just kind of docked kind of in space. Uh, that's the O'Neill, the most advanced Asgard ship yet, <laughs> and I just <laughs> love that they named it after Jack. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, unfortunately, it's not completed. like It's not ready for use. And so where they're going is they'll actually be joining a fleet of five other Asgard ships that are currently doing battle with three replicator-controlled Asgard ships. And, like, the fate of the entire Asgard people depend on them not failing their mission. And Sam's like, great, no pressure. Like,
0: yeah,
1: that was... Sam, please save the entire Asgard galaxy. Like, not just their planet, but, like, their entire galaxy. So. Also, we have a time limit. Thanks. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds good. So back on Earth, uh, Jack and the team are on board the sub while we see everybody still watching from the shore. And they split up um, like Jack and his guy and Tilk and his guy. And uh, Jack and his uh, teammate finally come across the replicators. And Jack notices that they're a different color. And Major Davis wonders if it's maybe some kind of camouflage. And Tilk's team then come across something that turns out to be a very... A very large replicator, perhaps a queen of some kind. And I'm also doing this question. I'm doing this for you based on what you said in our review of Nemesis. <clears throat> Here we see the replicator in its natural habitat using the materials available. The replicator consumes them and proceeds with its one purpose in this world. Self-replication. <laughs> that was excellent. Thank you very much. I practiced like for a whole week to make sure I could do the Attenborough verse voice. um so yeah so here one of the questions you had was how do the replicators actually replicate here we see the queen doing that so um
0: in like the outtakes they were like all right here we've got in its native state we've got the replicators she seems to have eighty-seven thousand pieces
1: um, I didn't see about outtakes with that. I did see a couple other fun outtake things referenced in various places. Um, <clears throat> both had to do with like the Thor and Sam side of things, but apparently at one point uh, the Thor puppet turned to the camera and asked for a moccuccino. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then at one point, I think it was just sort of like a staging issue, like the the hand of the Thor puppet accidentally like, brushed uh, amanda tappings behind and amanda just kind of whirled around and like slapped the puppet <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah but no i did not see anything about like outtakes and bloopers of anybody narrating the queen reproducing No. Oh, totally, yeah. totally. um Amen. yes
0: i well i mean back to the logic of the show i'm kind of surprised that they didn't notice that it was the replicators obviously looked different because they were replicating from the sub sooner than that conclusion of like, oh, they look like what they're eating. So they're vulnerable, much like what they've been eating. I don't know.
1: Well, you need the science person to do that. And since Sam's not here, that science stuff falls to Daniel. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Took him a little while, but he got there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so earlier i had referenced that like they were filming on like an actual real russian submarine Mm -hmm. um this part though like where the queen is and like where tilk is this though was actually a built set that they matched to the real sub because filming in a real sub is very very difficult and very very complicated because the corridors are like this big and it's Mm -hmm. very hard to get like camera and equipment and stuff in there so for the bits where they knew they would need more room, they actually built a set that could, they could actually move cameras around in. So, yeah, but I mean, it looks real good. It looks like it's all the same thing to me. So yeah. I think they did great.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I did not notice.
1: Um. So one of the replicators gets uh a little too close to Tilk's teammate, who is, uh, this is Stevens and he like fires at it and kind of like yells and fires at it. And uh, the other replicators and the queen kind of, sense this, and the replicators start to swarm them, and we hear shots ring out, and Daniel lets Jack know that Tilk and Stevens are in trouble. Uh, Stevens is soon swarmed by the replicators, so they try to escape, and then Tilk's video link drops. And then we cut to Jack and his teammate, Baker, and they finally get to Tilk, but unfortunately, Stevens is dead, and Tilk is also injured himself, but managed to get away. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, But they continue to retreat, followed by the replicators. So, things are getting a little hairy down on yep. the sub. Yep. So, up with Thor, he's explaining how the replic- how the replicators actually work to Sam, but using very extremely technical language and mentions a type of energy particle that Sam has never even heard of that is basically at the base of the replicator technology. And this just kind of discourages Sam because like how can she help the Asgard even defeat these guys? She doesn't even know like what they're made of. And so she tries to simplify it a bit and says, okay, let's forget about the Kirons and try to put this in terms that I can understand. Each block is like its own individual computer capable of communicating with the other blocks. Now multiple blocks come together to form bugs and other things in order to perform Various tasks, ultimately for the purpose of replicating. This is correct. So, good job, Sam. Yay. Uh, she then asks, "Thor's like, I, I don't suppose you've like held any for like captivity for study?" And he's like, "Uh, no. That would be a dumb idea." And she's like, could, "Right? Could, yes. Uh-huh. Could could two blocks like replicate?" And luckily, Thor's like, "No." So, dodge a bullet there. <laughs> Back on it. Yeah. Her. Thor then pulls up this like virtual replicator model that Sam can study and she goes to look at it and it actually like lunges out at her like a real replicator would do. And apparently they've programmed this virtual model with real replicator like actions and motions and like what, how replicator would actually act in certain situations. So Mm -hmm. pretty snazzy. It is very snazzy. Uh, Back on Earth, Dr. Frazier is looking over Tilk while everybody else discusses, like, what happened and what they're going to need to do to do. And there's really no way they're going to be able to do anything from inside the ship. They're just going to have to blow it up and do their best to contain anything that might escape. And so Davis is like, all right, I'm going to go talk to the Pentagon. And uh, Dr. Frazier calls over Jack and Daniel as she pulls, like, a piece of a replicator out of Tilk's shoulder. It's kind mm-hmm. of oh, oh, oh. okay. So, how do you think that injury actually occurred? Um, one like jumped on token, he like I don't know fell back against the wall or rolled over on the floor and it like snapped off. It somehow. off maybe. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I was trying to think, like, did they like ninja throwing star at him? I don't know. <laughs> is, that, is that something that they could be, also do? That would be cool. Oh. <laughs> I'm thinking about like <laughs> replicators throwing story just their like
1: part. yeah, like they have that like sort of acid attack thing. But why aren't yeah why aren't they just like shooting blocks as projectile weapons like our guns? They learn from what happens to them. Mm. Why didn't they ever learn that? but mm.
0: uh, uh, that's interesting. I would have made a great replicator.
1: <laughs> no, is there such no, a thing? No, <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> So up in space, Sam has kind of spaced out and it turns out she's kind of thinking about what's like what's happening back on earth and hopes her friends are okay. And Thor promises that if they can figure out the issue here they'll go back and help. And unfortunately that's that's a pretty big if right now. And uh, Thor then asks Sam if she's like hungry and she's like, yes, food would be great. And so a number of various uh, colored pellets appear and apparently this is Asgard food And Thor says he likes the yellow ones and Sam tries it and then just goes, oh, my God, and like spits it out. And it's like, sorry, but apparently Asgard food is not very palatable to humans. Did you ever imagine what it would actually taste like? I I mean, based on Sam's reaction, I don't want to. But I imagine it's probably just very bland and cardboardy. I don't know. Apparently, it was maybe actually like what Amanda actually ate was like tofu. So, okay. like she actually ate, like it was actually like, you know, real food that they gave her that was just, you know, not very appetizing. Gross. Yeah. I'm
0: trying to, cause I'm trying to think of like what sort of flavor it would invoke being like, oh, no. no. Yeah. Um, it but, would have had to have been something foul rather than bland,
1: though, I think. Yeah. I'm kind of imagining maybe some kind of sort of like, dog food cat food type thing where it's just a bunch of nutrients packed into this little pellet and mm-hmm. flavor not really being a big part of what's in there just nutrients and whatever the asgard phys- physiology needs to mm-hmm. continue living and function yeah. i
0: yeah. definitely would have been curious to try all the colors then if he said i like yeah. the yellow ones because that means they were all supposed to taste different
1: oh yeah 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 Hmm. Yeah. So what's the red one taste like then? I know,
0: right? I would have been curious. I would have wanted to at least try them all.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Maybe one could at least be like, okay enough to like choke it down. (laughs) They're then contacted by one of the other Asgard ships and they've lost contact with everybody else that was engaged in the battle. And it's unfortunately not just a communication problem. Like the ships are not being detected at all. And the screen then shows uh, three ships that are sort of surrounded in this, like, red glow. And those are the ships that have been taken over by the replicators. And they're on their way. Yay. Yay, boo. So now there really is a timeline. I wish to save the world. Yep. Yep. So Major Davis is back from his call with the Pentagon and tells everyone that the Dallas, a Los Angeles class submarine, is on standby in the harbor. Would you like to know some fun facts about submarine classes? Would I ever? Okay. So first of all, there's just, there's a lot of submarine classes, like a lot. Too many for me. We'd be here for half an hour if I talked about all of them. Um, So, but the Los Angeles class is a nuclear attack submarine class and it was, first commissioned on January 8, 1972 with the USS Los Angeles. The last sub with this class designation was the USS Cheyenne that was commissioned on September 13, 1996. There have been throughout history, uh, 62 submarines under the Los Angeles class. The Dallas is an actually real Los Angeles class submarine, uh, and all Los Angeles class subs are named after US cities. I saw oh. in the like the list. Um, oh, yeah. It was launched on April 28th, 1979, and commissioned on July 18th, 1981, and then decommissioned on April 4th, 2018. Oh, so, okay. commissioned is when a ship actually goes into active service, so it was, like, launched and put out into the water in 1979, but not actually commissioned to active service until
0: 1981,
1: so. Oh, okay. So, at this time, okay. it was, the Dallas was an actual active submarine. For oh. the U.S. military. So there you go. Fun. Yes. Um. So Daniel says that they might want to hold off on like blowing up the sub yet. And they're like, okay, why? And so the piece of replicator that Dr. Frazier pulled out of Tilk is showing signs of being corroded. And Sam had told Daniel that the replicators basically eat whatever raw material there is nearby. So these guys have been eating the Russian sub, which is also probably why they haven't left the ship there's going to be vulnerable to like the water and stuff outside the sub and like electrocute, corrode, whatever. And Major Davis is like, doesn't that mean we should blow it up then because they can't survive in water? And he's like, well, yes, except there's still that one bug that survived Thor's ship. So yeah, we need to one. go take care of that one first. So, um, So they're looking over video footage and they're able to do this sort of photoshoppy thing where they can see that the original replicator that survived is sort of part of that queen bug that's doing the actual making of all of the other replicators that are now on board this sub.
0: Which makes total sense. So does that mean like if there is a replicator by itself, can it, so it turns itself into the queen?
1: Apparently that's that. I mean, that's what I'm going with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that, do you think that means at any given time, any of the replicators could turn themselves all into Queens? Yeah. It wouldn't really be necessary, I guess with the way they work, but any, at any given time, any of them could be a queen.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of like even scarier. Yeah. (laughs) So that's just like this one's a Queens. Like they could all be Queens. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, so the fact that that replicator is part of the queen kind of complicate things because if they like blow up the queen all of the other replicators, are probably going to get a little mad and like attack them. And which, yeah, yeah, very true. And so Tilk suggests some kind of diversion at like, just like a small burst of energy somewhere else to attract them away. And Jack's like, yeah, we could probably set up a small charge on one of the upper decks, get all the replicators to sort of, leave where the Queen is, go investigate that, take care of the Queen, and then we go. Uh, Siler then interjects that the engines on the sub have started, and Major says, like, they're anchored, but you guys, if you're going to do this, you kind of should go now. So
0: back for the scene, too. I like how Daniel's like, they're trying to move? <laughs>
1: I mean that's a good piece like how do they know how yeah. the sub works? I mean I yeah. can't get Daniel's like what are they doing? how how do they know how to do I think it's yeah, really a sort I of like how that. do they know how to do that? Yeah, how I I, I liked things. it I'm like wait, yeah. What? what? Yeah. <laughs> um so back up with Thor, he's estimating that it's about two hours until the replicator controlled ships reach his planet. And this confuses Sam a bit because he's like you, but your ships can travel a lot faster than that. so why is it taking them so long to get here? And Thor says it's because so Asgard ships need like all of the energy that is used in the various Asgard ship sy- systems. They need all of that energy to enter hyperspeed. So, currently, the replicators are using a bunch of that energy to do their replicating, so they can't enter hyperspeed because then they can't replicate. This also brings up an interesting point because if, for some reason, they did decide to go into hyperspeed, then they would have no weapons or shields on the replicator-controlled ships. So, Mm -hmm. Hmm. interesting. Uh, Sam then asks how they even got control of the ships in the first place, and Thor can't really explain how or why, but the replicators have somehow been able to modify the Asgard technology beyond their own understanding, which is strange, because we thought they were just Asgard things, but according to Thor, they must have learned it from some other advanced race that's out there somewhere. and. Yeah. Sam then asks, you know, why haven't they attacked the ship that we're on? And well that ship hasn't attacked them and it's also an older ship and the technology is sort of slightly outdated at this point. And Sam's like, I'm 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 not really helping, am I? <laughs> Which I mean she's not, not helping, but unfortunately she's not she basically just
0: spent the whole time getting up to speed
1: yeah I mean there's a lot to get up to speed with yeah because the Asgard has been at this for years decades possibly at this point we don't even really know how long and Sam just learned about these guys like two days ago so yeah there's a lot to sort of catch Sam up with so back on Earth Jack gets the charge set and then is informed that the sub is diving he's like yeah I got it because you know He's on the sub, <laughs> I mm-hmm. think he can tell. Um, and we see the sort of, the video link start kind of breaking up and Major Davis said it's fine because they can't go below periscope death. And so Jack and Tilk then head off and start making their way to where the queen is. So back with Sam, she has an idea. So the one thing the replicators need to do is eat. And while the O'Neill isn't complete yet, it does have the most advanced technology. So if they can get the replicators to chase that into hyperspeed, where they won't have weapons or shields, then blow up the O'Neill, it could take the replicator ships out with it. And Thor's like, that's too much of a risk because the planks fail and the replicators would be the strongest that they've ever been. I, okay, sure. And have we determined that the replicators
0: can't really survive in space?
1: Like outside of a ship? Yes. I don't think that has been determined as either yes or no. Ah. But considering they're just machines, I would assume they could, but there would also be nothing for them to feed on because they would just be floating in space.
0: Mm. Well, that's another interesting question too though. Like if they're, if they're just machines and they don't, I mean, yes, their entire protocol is to replicate, but that's really the only reason why they eat is to replicate. They don't really need it to sustain their function.
1: Correct.
0: So they could just they could just float around.
1: Yeah, they could just float around forever until they come across something. Yeah, which yeah. may have been what happened. We don't know. Could be. Uh, we get a quick cut back to Earth where Jack sets off the explosive, and he and Tilk sort of watch the replicators all go running towards that energy burst that they seem to love so much. And then back, Sam is still trying to convince Thor that her plan is the way to go. And Thor's like, well, this cool ship is very awesome. Why do we want to blow it blow it up?" And he, she's like, "You've you've tried finding the replicators with more advanced technology, and nothing's worked." And he's like, "But then they might take over the ship and he, and sounds like exactly. Otherwise, we just stand here and watch them invade your world. I'm sorry, maybe it's a really stupid idea, but isn't that why I'm here?" Mhm. and Thor is like good point so mm-hmm. they're gonna try Sam's plan so Thor beams away to go do something Um, probably you know get the O'Neill set up so they can because the, the plan is to like fly the O'Neill either remotely through some sort of autopilot something and then uh self-destruct it so Thor I'm guessing beams away to go get that plan in motion with whatever he needs to do So back on the Russian sub, Jack and Tilk have reached the room where the queen is, and they kind of crack the door open, and Jack tosses a grenade in. And after it blows up, they check, and we see that original replicator reforming, and Jack just, like, blasts it, like, over and over again with his little shotgun, and that finally seems to do it. Original replicator is now dead. Yes. Yes. Woo! Yay! So, great. Let's get out of there so we can send in the torpedoes from the Dallas. But there's an issue when they try to leave the ship because the replicators have formed a block over the hatch. And even if they blow it apart, more blocks just come in to cover it over again. And they just keep coming back over and over again. And now the anchor line has snapped. So, like, they got to go. They got to find... Some way out but everywhere they go they just get swarmed by replicators like they try you know that end of the sub and there's just like replicators dropping from the ceiling and they try there and there's just another hatch blocked. like there's just there's no way out they cannot find a way out at this point not, unfortunately. Looking, good. not looking good for our heroes and, yeah and jack yells at them to blow it and daniel's like jack no i can't no don't do that and jack like takes his helmet off and like the, yells into, like, his helmet cam. He's like, listen to me. We are not getting out of here. Mission accomplished. Blow it. And Daniel tries to plead some more, but Jack isn't having it and orders Davis to blow it. And I kind of, I like here how when Jack is, like, yelling into his camera, they use the video fritzing in and out to cover Jack swearing. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. so it would still be fine for, you know, reruns on whatever not Showtime channel they aired on. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing is like Davis doesn't blow it though and just kind of like looks at Daniel. Yeah, he just kind of hangs out there. <laughs> yeah, we then get a quick cut back up to space and the O'Neill has been launched and the replicators are chasing it and it goes into hyperspace and replicators chase it into hyperspace too. And we see on the monitor on Thor's ship as the O'Neill explodes and take the takes the replicator ships with it. Yay. Yay! Replicators destroyed. Sam hugs Thor in her excitement, and she's like, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm so happy it worked. And Thor just goes, it was your stupid idea, Major Carter. <laughs>
0: I love, too, like, the technology they use to watch the ship go into like it just looked like one giant video game of like following the ship into hyperspace, and the other two were like right up behind it in a line, yeah. and then like the explosions, and then like the yeah, others. it was so like video game tastic,
1: yeah. I, I mean, I, very much so. I do kind of wish we could have gotten like the actual explosion, then taking out of the ships, and like seeing the actual O'Neill explode.
0: That was not a like, budget.
1: But, no, apparently not in the budget. But, I mean, we do get, like, the blast wave, which is cool. So. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yay. Replicators destroyed. Yay. Yeah. Um, so, Jack and Tilk are still trying to take out as many bugs as they can. And Daniel, Davis, and Siler are all sitting there just kind of staring at the monitors with Major Davis. Just, like, staring at Daniel, kind of, like, waiting for him to say okay, which is something that would never ever ever happen, but I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I, find, I, I like it, it would never happen. And Daniel's finally like, okay, do it. And so Davis gives the order for the Dallas to fire. So then we get Siler's eight seconds to impact, and the Russian sub starts attempting evasive maneuvers. But the torpedoes are a direct hit, and we see sort of via Jack's helmet canvas on the floor that like Jack and Tilk get knocked down. And Jack starts to, like, reach for his helmet as we see replicators crawling all over him when suddenly they're enveloped in a bright flash of light. And, oh, my God,
0: they're okay. Hey! They're okay. They're okay. They're, 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 they're the okay. thing. They're the other thing. I love, yeah, I yeah. love how Daniel, like, can't even speak. He's just like, they're okay. with like they're the okay. thing in the beginning. It's they're
1: okay. Because <laughs> you can see sort of like Siler and Davis kind of, like, looked away because they didn't want to see what was going to happen on the monitors, like watch, you know, the people explode and stuff. So they didn't know what happened. Yeah. And Daniel was just yeah. like, they're, they're, they're with the, yeah, they're, they're okay. <laughs> I, I love how he's
0: speechless, how he can't yeah. get it he's, together to form the words. Yes,
1: yes. It's, but it's great. Jack and Tilk are fine. And we see them as they're beamed up to Thor's ship with Thor and Sam. And they all like, catch each other up on what happened and the ones on earth are basically taken care of and the ones on you know Thor's galaxy are taken care of and sounds like and they had this really cool new ship called the O'Neill and checks like they did and she's like and we had to blow it up he's like oh <laughs> sorry yeah uh, yeah Um, but, you know, Thor gives them the thanks of the Asgard for their help and promises to return one day to help Earth in their fight against the ghoul and Jack's like one day and Thor's like, yeah, I mean, you saved, you know, our world, but there's still more replicators out there just in the galaxy and more Asgard worlds that are under attack and they can't really know if what they did this time is going to work again. And Sam's like, well, if you need any more dumb ideas, you know where to find me.
0: I do like that. I like that
1: so much. Yeah um so jack then starts to invite thor to go fishing (laughs) and like in the middle of the frame they're like there's bass like this big and thor's just like okay bye and just beams them away
0: (laughs) and the running joke continues who will go fishing
1: yep 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 Yep. um so here my my one sort of question that sort of has to do with the how replicators communicate and they don't how replicators learn and stuff. So in the last episode, it was sort of referenced that replicators have this kind of hive mind kind of mm-hmm. working to them. Do you think that's just like localized to the sort of replicators that are within a certain area, or do you think they can communicate like across the galaxy?
0: Oh, like connected to a larger thing or if it's yeah. just we a-
1: yeah, like how do you think this sort of replicator, because the way Thor talks about how we don't know if this blowing up the other ship to take out something else is going to work again, does he think that what happened to those replicators, that somehow that knowledge will get passed on to others? I don't know.
0: Um. Uh, well, I think figuring out what happened to those replicator ships doesn't necessarily even have to be like a hive mind thing, because... <laughs> You know, if you're fighting a replicator battle and the other replicators get word of like, holy crap, three of our ships were just taken out. What happened? They were blown up by the other thing. You know, yeah. you could just learn that lesson, as it were. I don't. I don't okay. think that knowledge needs to be a hive mind okay. thing. Okay. Okay. But I don't know. That's a good question. I think that's something we should pay attention to. If if the replicator, if the replicators start acting according to knowledge they would or wouldn't have in either yeah. situation. Yeah.
1: I think we should monitor that. Okay. We will mm-hmm. keep that in mind as we proceed.
0: Yeah. Okay. It may um, be that it's either one at the time, <laughs> whichever one fits the storyline of the episode. Yeah. What it will be. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so some final sort of fun facts to wrap things up. Uh, this episode did get several nominations across oh. various awards. Mm-hmm. Um, it was nominated for the Gemini for Best Visual Effects. Oh. It was nominated for the Leo for Best Visual Effects of a Dramatic Series. And another Primetime Emmy for Outstanding Special Visual Effects for a Series.
0: Oh, hey, Visual Effects
1: guys. I know. Congratulations. We need to spend that budget effects. wisely. Yeah. So <laughs> there we go. Um, okay, memos for this week.
0: You know, the only memo I have is the one about how Carter, like, about learning as much as they did in the very beginning about the Replicators and that the Asgard were stupid and they got taken over by the Replicators because they brought them back to study mm-hmm. out of arrogance. And then Carter <laughs> brings them back in the middle of the SGC to study. <sighs> I think I feel like that's my only memo of, like... <laughs> When you when you have learned that there's an intergalactic enemy that was taking over another species for this exact same thing that you're doing, you probably shouldn't do that thing. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying. I don't know how you could squeeze that into a memo. I I will try my best. Of don't do the same thing that you okay. have just learned.
1: <laughs> Wiped out. An entire other species. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. So the episode title, Small Victories, I think because, yes, while Sam, I think it really has more to do with sort of Sam's part of the storyline. Like, while she did save sort of Thor's world, it really was just a small victory in the overall replicator war that's happening, I think works. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. I would concur. Um, We only have two kind of foreign territory titles um, that are not the same. Uh, French was illusory victories. Kind of like sort of a victory,
0: but not really a victory. Like as in an illusion?
1: Yes. Okay. Got it. Uh, And then uh, German was just nemesis part (laughs) two. Um, so that's all I got. What do you think about this episode? What do you think about this episode as a season premiere? I thought it was I'd,
0: really I'd, good. Yeah. Not a lot of plot holes, very action y, very visual effecty. There was drama. Yeah. There was comedy. Yeah. Yep. I didn't I didn't cry, but I laughed. There was emotion. <laughs> I liked it all. I liked it very much. It was an excellent way Me- to, you know, bring out the season.
1: Yes. We I like think we're
0: going to have to reserve a special place in our hearts for the chin. Was it the chin worm?
1: Chin worm. Yeah. The yes. chin worm.
0: That okay. we may have to reserve that for an end of season. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it took chin worm. Okay. Yeah. <gasps> uh okay um well thank you everybody for listening as always you can find us on twitter at sg underscore rewatch or send us an email at woo that's w-o-o-s-g rewatch at gmail.com don't forget to rate and review us please and we will see you next time for the other side bye, bye.